Hi, I'm Sean Gilligan, and this week we're going to talk about talent acquisition, recruitment, and the hiring process. In the UK, at least, most of the businesses are service-based, therefore we're heavily dependent on people. So getting the right people in the right positions, doing the right things, is absolutely crucial. Now, one of the issues with recruitment is it's very much an art, not a science. Yes, there are psychometric and competency-based interviews that you can conduct, but ultimately nobody has a 100% success rate. In your hiring process, you're looking at three things. You're looking at the attitude, the competency, and whether the person would be a good fit within your culture. When you're trying to ascertain whether someone's got a good attitude, you can ask this question. If you were to get the job, and in nine months' time, it hasn't worked out, why might this be? If the candidate genuinely can't think of a reason why it wouldn't work out, this demonstrates perhaps a good attitude. On the other hand, if a candidate is blaming others and thinking of all the reasons why it might not work out, this might demonstrate a poor attitude and should act as a red flag. Another good question to ask is, what does a person know about your company or organisation? If the candidate cannot answer this, this demonstrates a lack of preparation and homework. If they've not been on the website, if they haven't done their research, this also is a red flag. We live in an economy which is based on supply and demand, and it's good to find out if the candidate is currently working or not, and how many other interview processes they are in, and at what stage. When interviewing a candidate, you should ask follow-on questions such as why and tell me more, or perhaps give me an example of that. You can then dig deeper into the stories and into the detail. If communication is 50% body language and how we look, then dressing to impress for interview is important. And you need to establish whether the candidate is overdressed, underdressed or at the right attire for your organisation. Starting with the exit in mind, it's always good to ask why a person is thinking or has left another organisation. This will give you valuable insights. It's useful to ask a candidate what other types of jobs they are going for. It's generally better if the person has clarity on the type of industry, the type of role they're going for, rather than a scattergun approach where they're going for any job in the market. Everybody is unique. Everybody has their own DNA. But it's true to say that you can map personality types to job roles. So one useful thing to do is to look at Myers-Briggs and DISC to try and map the type of personality you want to the role that you're trying to fill. A friend of mine is James Knight, and he has a solution called I'm a Strategies, which has a simple four box model, including high red, high yellow, high green and high blue. High red personalities are big picture and logical. High yellow are big picture and creative. High green personalities are detail orientated and logical and high blue personalities are detail orientated and creative. Again, people are unique and you should never put people in boxes until it's their funeral. But quite literally, there are certain types of jobs that fit certain types of personalities. For example, high red is pretty good when it comes to project managers and salespeople. High reds do like to work by themselves. They're complete finishers and they like to get the job done being the boss. On the other hand, big picture creative people are high yellow. They're enthusiastic and are often well suited to marketing roles. Then we have high greens who are logical and detail orientated, often suited to accountancy roles and analysts alongside programmers. They prefer a slower pace and are very loyal employees. 
And finally, we've got the high blues who are very democratic when it comes to their decision making. They want to see what everybody else is doing. They're particularly well suited to support and customer service roles. Where Myers-Briggs is a 16 box approach, what I'm a Strategies does is simplify that with four boxes to make it easier to understand. My IMA colour is high yellow and therefore I get on easier with other high yellows. I find it harder to relate and connect to high greens. And in order to be on their wavelength, I need to slow down my pace, speak more logically and talk about the detail. Before we can connect better with other people, we need to understand ourselves. And of course, in any team, you don't want them all high red, high yellow, high blue. You want balance. You want a mixture of all the colours for a winning team. If the rule in business is to play to your strengths, what you need to do is hire your weaknesses. So if you're high yellow, you probably need a high green, a high blue and a high red to complement your talents, your gifts and your abilities. It's important to note that the personality test has nothing to do with the intellect of a person nor their uniqueness. It's just one factor that you take into consideration when building out a team. Another great thing to think about when you're hiring a person is, could I spend eight hours on a plane and get along with this person? If the answer is yes, they're probably a good fit for you. If the answer is no, then you may have an issue. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't hire people that you don't necessarily like. We need a diverse workforce. It needs to be inclusive. However, you do need to think about the gelling of the organisation because you will be spending a lot of time with these people. So you've got to get along. Talk is cheap in interviews. What you're looking for is data and evidence. Therefore, at some stage within the interview process, it's good to have practical tests. For a programmer, that might be some sort of technical test. And for sales and marketing executives and other roles, you might ask them to present back to you. You should also consider getting people to test their written skills through a project or essay that they have to write on a particular topic. You can see how much effort they put into the work, but also the outputs. Companies are using artificial intelligence and video in a way to short circuit the interview process and speed up the time to hire. I've been filtering out candidates using a voice messaging platform called SoundBranch, which includes the candidates creating an audio profile and back and forth voice note messages. This is particularly useful when you're recruiting internationally and you're faced with time zone constraints. You don't have to schedule a late night phone call. Instead, you can asynchronously pass messages back and forth. Using voice notes is a great way to test people's oracy skills and how they project themselves and influence you. You can also compare the audio profile with their CV. Whilst video and voice notes aren't the solution, there is no silver bullet. They do allow you to reduce waste time on your side and on the candidate side when it's not a good fit. This can only be a good thing. One mistake that I've made of late is overpaying for talent. Yes, it's good to go above the market rate, but if you go significantly above the market rate, you can end up with a misalignment of the candidate's expectations against the business needs. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode on talent acquisition and hiring. If you have, please subscribe, share on social media. And until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now.